is Cassie from Pennsylvania, and you're listening to A Paranormal Chick's Sinister Sightings with Carrie and Donna. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 148. And you just heard Cassie. We had an intro. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so freaking much. Thank you, Karen A., for posting about the intros because when she did, people responded. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you want to do an intro like Cassie did, go on over to patreon.com forward slash the APC podcast. You ever thought about, I wonder if people don't know how to spell Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the APC podcast. Okay, this one is called The Murder of Linda Stoltzfus. I may have pronounced that terribly. Hi again. I've just sent in the story of my little brother and his imaginary ghost friend thing. I feel like I could just keep writing you guys stories, but I'll stop bothering you for now. This time, I wanted to send in a true crime story. This case just was finally solved yesterday at the time I'm writing this. Now, this story hits close to home, like extremely close, as it was in my community. Okay, on to the details. It was June 21st, 2020, in Burdenhand, Pennsylvania, where Linda Stolzfus was last seen. Linda was a young Amish girl on her way back from church when she vanished. Now, there was talk about her running away and leaving her lifestyle. That isn't uncommon around here because I live in the Amish capital, Lancaster. It was heartbreaking seeing the missing posters for Linda wherever I went and still no answers. In July, Justo Smoker was arrested for kidnapping and a misdemeanor charge of false imprisonment in connection with Linda's disappearance. However, it wasn't until December 2020 that he was charged with murder because they have come to the conclusion that she was unfortunately dead, though there wasn't enough evidence at the time to convict him. Now, flash forward to March 5th, 2021. Now they have enough evidence to charge Smoker with the kidnapping and murder of Linda. Now, to go into some of the details of what police and FBI have found. There were quite a few witnesses who had seen an Amish woman in a Kia sedan on the day she disappeared. Linda's undergarments, along with a zip tie, had been found buried behind a business where a vehicle resembling Smoker's Kia had been seen by a witness. Police later determined that the vehicle's registration linked it to Smoker. Linda's remains were recovered April 21, 2021. An autopsy confirmed her cause of death to be asphyxiation due to strangulation. It took police and FBI 15,000 hours of searching and 10 months to solve this case. As of right now, Justo Smoker is awaiting trial. I'm sure I missed a few things, but I think I've covered it. Thank you, lovely ladies. Creep it real, Mackenzie. Oh my gosh, that is freaking horrible. The undergarments and the zip tie being found, that just breaks my heart. I wonder, too, like, if some of the witnesses were Amish, were they hesitant to come forward? Mm. It's interesting, too, that you got this one, because mm-hmm. I literally just go down yeah. and do it, but, like, you love everything Amish. Well. Besides the misogyny it, and, the, I mean, you know, all the things that say, go along well, with it. You don't love it, but like you're interested in learning about it and knowing all the stuff. Yeah. I support their ability to choose their religion and their lifestyle. However. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like any other community, don't do bad shit. Hi, ladies. I'm a newish listener and I've been binging you guys all the time. I have a couple of stories for you. 
The first is from when I was young, like eight or nine and took place in the late 90s. I'm from a super small town outside of Philadelphia and it was a rainy summer night. So you're saying in West Philadelphia, born and raised Mm. on a playground is where you spent most of your days? (laughs) I mean, actually, yes. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool? Keep going. I'm done. Okay. It wasn't quite dark yet, so I was out front of my house in an electric blue and lime green bathing suit. Remember, it's the late 90s, so fashion wasn't that amazing. I was running around in the rain and splashing in the puddles. Suddenly, a car pulls up alongside me and parks. From what I can remember, there was a man and a woman in their late 20s or early 30s in the car. They rolled down the passenger side window and started speaking to me. They told me how they lost their puppy and asked if I had seen it. When I said I hadn't, they asked if I would help them look. Of course, my young animal-loving self happily agreed. They told me to get in the back seat and we would drive all around looking together. Before I could say or do anything else, my family dog made herself known. My dad and our dog had been on the porch while I was running around playing. However, my parents' front porch was mostly blocked by a large tree in the middle of the yard. So while my dad wasn't able to see the car, the couple in the car couldn't see that I wasn't alone. Suddenly, my 110-pound jet black Black Russian Terrier is charging the car, snarling and barking with my dad not far behind. I've never seen a car drive off so fast in my life. My second story is recent. It happened this past July. I'm now 30 years old, living with my husband, our four-year-old daughter, and our 13-year-old black lab in the mountains outside San Diego. And when I say the mountains, I mean way out in the middle of nowhere. Our home was the last house on a one-lane dirt road that backed up to miles of forest. We actually lost our property about a month after the story takes place to a wildfire in September. Now that I've set the scene, let me say that rural living was an adjustment. Having lived outside a major city all my life, but it was so beautiful there, I quickly got used to it. My husband is in the Navy and was away for a couple of months, and our daughter was back in Pennsylvania visiting family for a month. Let me tell you, I was loving having the house to myself for an extended period of time. One night, around 2.30 in the morning, I'm jolted awake by my dog aggressively barking. I sit in bed confused until I hear rustling outside my window, which overlooked our backyard. My dog is still freaking out, and I'm sitting there about to pee my pants thinking someone is going to break in and kill me. I gather my courage and crawl over my bed to the window. Getting onto my knees, I cut my hands to the window and try to see if I can see the person sneaking around outside. My dog is still barking like a psycho, and my eyes finally adjusted to the blackness. And what do I see? A family of fucking coyotes hanging out in my yard. I nearly pissed myself thinking I was going to die, and no one would know over stupid coyotes. I started banging on my windows and yelling at them like a cranky old lady to get off my yard. And what do they do? Not a damned thing. They stayed for like another 10 minutes, even with my yelling and the dog barking. I eventually got the dog settled down and was able to get a few more hours of sleep. So those are my two stories of things that almost happened to me. I hope this was easy to follow. I'm not great at writing out stories and I'm typing this on my phone. 
I hope you got a laugh out of my first encounter with local wildlife. Have a great day, ladies. Your first story, holy fuck scary. It's so fucking scary. But like I always say, no adult will ever need help from a child. Right. Like, seriously, I think that's one of the smartest things you said. And when you first said it, I was like, whoa. I don't think I came up with it. I feel like I heard it on something. I don't know, but seriously, you taught it to me. And every time I think about that now, when I'm like watching something and I'm like, "Mm, yep, mm -mm, I see it. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Also, we do not deserve animals, okay? Like your dog was doing what it needed to do and alerted your dad. And here he came. Oh my God. Cause that's so fucking scary. It's so amazing too, like how instinctual that really is Mm -hmm. for animals. But you're right. We definitely, definitely don't deserve them. No. And for the people who treat them poorly, a fuck off. For real. Also though, on your second one, thank you for alerting me that, there's coyotes in the backyard, but can we can we uh, skip that now? Can you can you stop fucking with my sleep? Thank you. <laughs> okay, the next one is called the murdered twin. Hey, ladies, I was listening to the podcast while playing Xbox as per usual when I was reminded of a local murder that shook the community a couple of years ago. On August eighteenth, two thousand nineteen, a girl I went to high school with named Olivia went missing. The last person to hear from her was her twin sister Raquel. I'm from Westland, Michigan, home of the Eloise Asylum. A quick story about that at the end. And there's a county park named Hines that runs from basically one end of the county to the other. It has a road running through it for gorgeous scenic drives, lots of playgrounds, and tons of running and hiking paths. Ten days after Olivia's disappearance, her body was found in Hines, partially submerged in the river. The last known person she was with was a friend named Anthony, who she knew from school. I didn't know him. He was a few grades above us. Her autopsy showed she was strangled to death. It turns out Anthony strangled her to death at his house. She texted her sister shortly before her death, saying he was acting strange, and her sister asked if she had a knife on her. After that, nobody heard from her again. He was arrested after 28 hours of the body being discovered, confessed to the murder, and was charged with multiple crimes, including disinternment of a body, obstruction of justice, removing a deadly body, failure to report a dead body, and tampering with evidence in a criminal case, but not murder. He admitted that they had been hanging out in his garage, smoking crack, had sex, and then he killed her. He full-on admitted he killed her. He ended up getting only 5 to 15 years for all of those charges and ended up pleading no contest to manslaughter. I remember both sisters from school, and both of them were some of the sweetest, most down-to-earth girls I'd ever met. The saddest part of all of this is that she was killed before her 24th birthday. She was still missing when her twin turned 24. Now, on a slightly lighter note, I was excited when Donna covered Eloise. It is a huge history in this area and is actually still open for tours. They actually started doing tours a few years back after the remaining structures were saved. I believe they declared them a historical landmark. I really want to do one, but I actually have some family history there. Back in the 70s, before it closed for good, my mom had a great aunt who was schizophrenic and stayed there until it closed. She thrived while she was there, and once it closed, she stayed with family until her death in, I believe, the late 90s. That's all I have today. Creep it real, Paige. That is so sad and so senseless of the killing in such a light sentence. Yeah, manslaughter. I mean, I guess technically he... 
it doesn't sound like it was planned and, and maybe it was like a bad reaction question mark to the crack. Is that a thing? However, doesn't fucking matter. He still killed her and should be punished. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad for Raquel, her I sister. Know. Gosh. Hey, y'all. New Creepster here. Absolutely love your podcast. Such a great format of my favorite things other than music, paranormal and true crime. And y'all have great laughs. I found myself scaring the other passengers in the car when I burst out laughing while listening sometimes. Very therapeutic. Wait, who are you riding with that you're <laughs> listening and they don't know that? Like, I picture you in a, um, like a carpool. Yeah. And like you have your earbuds in. <laughs> but anyway, my first story has to do with dreams. The most recent one actually spanned my life from the time I was in grade school to now, about 20 years. And I'm going to tell you all the details I remember, so here goes. I have this reoccurring dream that I'm George Washington. I switch point of views as it's happening, so I know and feel that I'm George, crazy, I know. I'm dressed in the notorious coattail attire of his time, including the famous wig and hat. But what I'm doing is very weird. But what I'm doing is very weird. In my right hand, I have my sword and I'm dueling someone. I never see who it is because I'm sword fighting down a dark and spiraled staircase. And I've never deciphered if it's a house or a ship. But that part doesn't matter. At least I think it doesn't. Anyway, I'm sword fighting someone down the dark spiral staircase in search of a treasure chest. And I feel the energy one would feel if they were fighting for their life and racing for treasure. But it's like every other dream when you're trying to race or run or get away from something, it's happening in slow motion. And then they said, can't help but singing in Aerosmith's Sweet Emotion. Do you know that song? No. Oh, God. Because you don't love uh, Days Confused, and that's where I know it from. But I finally reached the treasure at the bottom of the staircase. And then, out of nowhere, my arm gets chopped off. Shing! Whoop! (laughs) (laughs) Except this... Sorry, except this part is not in slow motion. It happens rather quickly. And I instantly say to myself, as I'm looking at my freshly chopped arm, Wow, that didn't hurt at all. And scene. Like I've said, I've had this dream countless times and never thought anything about it because I know when I'm going armless and I know when and how to wake up if I don't want to get chopped again. (laughs) But now let's backtrack to Thanksgiving 2019. I found my grandmother's genealogy she had done several years back and thought it would be neat to look through. It's this thick white binder that has several categories of billions of names, it seems. So I decided to just focus on one side at a time. And I was looking for names that seemed familiar. I came across the name Washington, and I nearly shit my pants when I saw the entry below. Washington General George, February 22nd, 1731 slash 1732. First cousin, 11 times removed of the husband. What? (laughs) Whoa. And the funny thing is, I don't even recognize the significance of all of this until about two months ago of this year. So back to my subject, dreams. I've always found the paranormal fascinating, especially communication with our loved ones. I've never seen a spirit or a demon, but I've had some dreams that make me ponder the afterlife and science and how maybe they go together in a way. 
What are your thoughts and any hilarious dreams you'd like to share? I love hearing other people's crazy dreams. Thank you for the rocking podcast and can't wait to listen to the next one. Haven't finished them all yet, but working on it. Creep it real. Always wanted to say that. Christy B. P.S. I have two more stories I'll send later. One is another interesting dream. And one is my dad's encounter with something in the woods. Hmm. Okay. So were you George Washington? (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. Like, is it like a reincarnation thing? Yeah. Of the same family? Oh, that would be cool. But how weird is that, though, that you dream that you're George Washington, one, that your arm gets chopped off, and, like, you're related to him, and you just randomly, like, hey, I'm going to start with this side, kind of like Carrie just did a milk carton mini for Patreon, and it was just, like, happenstance how she found the case, and it, like, related to the uh, city we're from. So, I have a couple of dreams. Well, I have a lot. But when I was a kid, I had this um, stuffed duck that was yellow. Like it was just like almost like a side profile. So he came to life in my dream and chased me and I was terrified of him. <laughs> and then he's like, quack, quack. I don't think he talked. But and then I also had this other reoccurring dream when I was a kid that Freddy Krueger was chasing me at the hospital and I had to drive my mom's. 1985 Lincoln Town Car with the maroon velvet uh-huh. roof falling down. You know, we had to staple that bitch uh-huh. back up. Uh, we had a car like, well, we didn't have the fancy car. We had... Uh, we were stapling the ceiling up. It wasn't that fancy. Well, you know, I mean, I, like from the outside, people be like, oh. But no, we had a Buick without the B, so it was a Uick. Yeah. And had to staple that up. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Freddy Krueger was chasing me at this hospital, and I had to go get in the car and run and when I went to go get in, Hannibal Lecter was hiding oh under my it. God. And so I would like put it in reverse and like boop, boop over him. Oh my God. Yeah. And I'm talking, I was young when yeah. I had this because we were watching that shit when I was real young. Yeah. And shouldn't have been. That's so funny. Yeah. I have one from uh, when I was in elementary school. So like third to fifth grade, because it was when I was in that. We had like, that's how our schools were divided up. So like third to fifth was its own school. And I had a dream that we were going to my mom's shop that she had with my sister, Simply Irresistible. But um, we were going to that for like a field trip, which we would never go to. They sold sex toys. <laughs> In the back behind Lattice work. <laughs> so no, you would have never no. gone there for a field trip. No, but... In my dream, we did, but Freddy Krueger came and burnt it all down. And, like, his arms did the long thing that he does when he, like, scrapes across the thing. Oh, yes. Terrified me. Anyway, that was one dream. But please tell them the dream that you told me that time about the Cyclops. Never telling her again. Uh, that is the <laughs> So, this one time... I was going down this water slide and Quasimodo was chasing me because I had his eyeball. <laughs> and but so it was he, like a Cyclops, Quasimodo, you said. See, I don't remember that. Yes. See, this is why I tell her stuff because I can't remember anything. <laughs> but yeah, you had his eyeball. And so I had his eyeball. So I had to like myself on the like sideways on the, what's it called? Sl- slide. Water slide. So I could like, here's your eyeball. <laughs> Oh, God. Her dreams. I swear to God, you can't make this shit up. And my teeth are always loose in my dreams. That gives me the... (laughs) I've had some weird dreams lately because we've been playing Friday the 13th. And if we end playing that, 
I have, and they're not nightmares. They're just weird, like suspenseful dreams that we're being chased somewhere. But this last time it was uh, by zombies, but it was at my old, old house, like the house I grew up in as a kid. Like I had to get in and I remember, this is so me, but I remember being like, I need to save them because I can't survive by myself. Like I can't do all the killing. I'm just like in the background being like, this is what we need to do. But I need other people to help me survive. I was like, this is so realistic. You're, you're an ideas person, not an execution <laughs> yes. person. Yes. Oh, God. And honestly, that's probably from Friday the 13th because I suck at getting all the supplies and stuff. But I can, like, finagle myself away and not get killed. Right? Like, they have to try to get me a few times. Like, I mean, in the same span. Like, so in, like, a minute. But... Like, if you need me to get that car started, I'm not going to be able to find the fuse. But that's what's been lately, like, stuff like that. Okay, the next one. Sinister sightings or night terror? Who's to say? Hey, friends. I'm a new listener working my way from the beginning of your podcast to the present. I still have a ways to go. I just listened to episode 10 where you ask for listener stories. Holy shit. Is that when we started? Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, it makes sense because we're on whatever number this is. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) 148. But we used to do it every other week and not every week. Yeah. Remember when we went to every week and I panicked? Uh, Yeah, we all do. (laughs) I still get a little in my tummy. I knew I had a creepy one. Wait, sorry, question. This is for everyone because... Uh, on the watch party, we watched uh, Too Many Spirits, and um, <laughs> Ryan Begara, he said that it was something about his belly button, and he said that when you, it, when you touch it, it hurts. Well, when you touch it too deep, he was like, um, "Do y'all he feels get a it in his dick?" Yeah, and it, like he couldn't say it. He was like a disturbance, um, and you could see him mouth like on his penis. And we were in the chat, and I was like, "Yes, it makes me have to pee." Like that's what I felt. But I think you said it. You didn't have to pee. I don't think I have to pee, but it does hurt. And I have heard multiple men say that they it hurts their dick if they put their finger in their belly button too far. <laughs> I was just wondering because it makes me want to pee. Like, it will tickle me. Like, oh, my God, I have to pee. Like, I'm about to pee. <laughs> I have to do it to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I need to pee. <laughs> that would be bad. But, like... Carrie doesn't, Carrie does not do anything to her belly button. Let me tell you. Colby, how many times you put your finger up in your belly Colby button? Colby has seen my belly button once because I showed it to him. Because mine's hidden underneath the fat roll. You got to pick that motherfucker up. Uh, well, mine's huge because my belly's like, open it up. But Donna's looks like it's going, oh. <laughs> It's not the only hole that's open. Um <laughs> But I'm just wondering, do are y'all like me or are you like Carrie where it just kind of hurts or it makes you have to pee? Okay, back to the story. So they said they knew they had a creepy one right away. I've always been a spooky little bitch. For example, when I was five, I had a dream that my grandma died. And as soon as I woke my dad up to tell him, our phone rang with the news that she had passed. And when I was six, I asked the neighbors about the man with a mustache who lived in their attic. This was particularly strange because they're a lesbian couple and don't have a lot of men in the house. And when they asked me to describe him, one of them teared up because I was describing her late father who owned the house before they did. I was always creeping my poor parents and other adults around me out. They chalked it up to a vivid imagination and thought that it probably didn't help that my childhood home was super old and creepy. We had redone most of it when we moved in. 
My parents decided that my bedroom was fine the way it was, and to this day, it's the only part of the original house that remains untouched. It's always the coldest room in the house, and it never felt quite right to me, like it belongs to someone else. I don't know how to describe it. My parents say that ever since I could talk, I would tell them about creepy dreams, monsters under my bed, standard kid stuff. They became concerned when, around five years old, I started to say that I couldn't move, scream, or sometimes breathe during my scariest dreams. So they took me to a doctor who diagnosed me with sleep paralysis and anxiety, which put their mind at ease because they had an answer for what was wrong with their creepy kid. So they didn't really believe me when I started talking about what I called the scary smiley man. Not an original name, but give me a break, I was a child. This night terror felt different. I still couldn't move or scream, but it would last hours and span multiple nights. The first night, a man with a suit would be sitting outside my bedroom window, tapping on the glass as if he was asking to be let in and smiling really menacingly. We would stare at each other for hours until the sun would rise. The next night, he would be in my room, sitting in the chair right by my window. The same awful smile stretched across his face. The next night, he would be standing by the foot of my bed, still smiling. The final night, he would be standing over me as I was stuck on my back, unable to move, his creepy smile inches from my face. This awful cycle would repeat every few weeks. I told my parents about it, but they dismissed it as me reading too many Goosebumps books and told me to stop being dramatic. It probably didn't help that I was waking them up in the wee hours of the morning to get into bed with them every night. Years went by, and eventually he would visit me less and less until I never saw him at all. I forgot about him for a few years. That is until last year when I graduated from college and moved home. My first night back in my childhood bed, I heard the familiar, chilling tapping on my window, and smiley scary man perched on the windowsill still smiling after all these years. He's been visiting me at least once a week since I've been home. With the pandemic and having trouble finding jobs in my field, I've been forced to stay home. I'm moving out in a month. I'm so excited to finally sleep easy away from this haunting. I had myself convinced he was just a night terror, but now after seeing him as an adult, I'm not really sure. Sorry for the long email, but I hope I creeped you ladies out. Keep it spooky, Rye. Oh my gosh. Um, you, <sighs> you did. You creeped me out. One, you're like, scary smiley man. Not, like, not original. Uh, that's still scary as fuck. Girl, that, like, leaves an image in your yes. head. Yes. Oh my god. Like, no, I don't, I don't want to see that at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't, uh-uh. Get out of that house. Like, I don't want to keep thinking about it because I have a picture in my head. Mm-hmm. And I will think about it all tonight, and I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, and the fact, too, that you went away and you came back and he's still there. Yeah. Uh-uh. And again, it started just like it did the first time, like him outside the window Tapping. I bet your stomach fell through your asshole when oh, that happened. Oh, God. This one's titled, More Fun and No Games. Hey, ladies. This is my fourth story I've turned in, and when I hear them on the Sinister Sightings, I just giggle at the animation Donna gives them. She has read every one of my stories, <laughs> and although I don't really care which one of you reads them, as long as I hear Donna's laugh. I love it as much as Patrick Hines' laugh. What?! 
Oh that was my, my that was yeah. my Patrick Cox. <laughs> it was good. Sorry if that was incredibly loud, but it was necessary. I just could listen to both of them on a loop. Okay, sorry for pandering, but while I'm at it, I do need to add that Carrie has a wonderful laugh too. Oh, thank you. Yes, she does. Okay, on to my story. I still work at the very old, creepy building in downtown Hattiesburg. My best friend works with me. Our boss does not work on Fridays. Man, that's living the life. Right? About 11 years ago, we were working on a Friday, and yes, I will admit, we are a bit lax when the boss is not in. My friend was in my office, and we were talking about what we were doing for the weekend. She looks at me and says, you look paler than usual. I told her, I'm as white as the underbelly of a fish. How can you tell? I've never heard that saying. I've never heard that either. And, like, I've usually heard, like, sayings like that. Oh, good one. No, but you know what I mean. Like, Yeah. She says, you just look less smiley. Like that fucking shit up in that shit? <laughs> The man? Yeah, up in that story? Uh Uh-uh, I don't want to look like that. (laughs) So I gave it up and told her I felt weird. She said, weird how? I said, well, if I could pinpoint it, I would not say weird. I just feel like I'm watching someone else do all the things I'm doing, if that makes sense. She said, no, not really, but I do hope you feel back to normal soon. I thanked her and we went on about our day. The next day, I woke up with double vision, which I don't know if you have ever experienced this, but it makes you very dizzy. So at this time, I was younger, more hard-headed, and never really asked for help. So I would drive back and forth to work with one eye closed. Tip to the one-eyed, you lose your depth perception, so you probably should not drive. Well, after a couple of days, the double vision didn't leave, so I relented to the constant harassment from my mother, husband, and bestie and went to my family doctor. He sent me to a neurologist who put me through a spinal tap that led to one of the worst headaches ever. I was in the ER four days later to get a shot of morphine that eventually snuffed it out. Then I had a heart echo. Last but no less fun, a three-hour MRI that was done with and without contrast. The doctor found lesions on my brain and the spinal tap confirmed that I had relapsing multiple sclerosis. After all this had calmed down and I was processing my diagnosis, Me and my friend were eating lunch at my desk on a Friday, of course. I was talking to her about my fears and that I had done a lot of looking online and reading what can eventually happen with people with MS and reading what can eventually happen to people with MS. She, of course, told me to stop and that I do not need to do that to myself and that stress will do nothing but exacerbate my issues and on and on. I was having a moment of self-pity and told her that it looked very bleak and I did not know if I could get through this. I was just being scared and was talking it out about the what ifs with my friend. It was quiet, a moment as we both were dabbing at our eyes and trying to regain our composure when we both heard a very distinct, deep, and guttural growl. We both froze and just kind of sat there. Then we both asked at the same time, was that you? thinking the other one was having some serious digestion issues. Then we heard it again. After collecting ourselves, my friend asked if I thought maybe a random stray animal got in our building. I said, first of all, how? Also, fuck him coming into our office and growling at us. I picked up a little wooden bat that I keep under my desk. A girl should always be prepared. And I told her I would go check it out. I stood up and started walking around looking in each office. There was nothing. 
I go back to my desk and my friend's still sitting there in the same spot. I ask her, did you see anything run by? She then says, did I run from the room screaming because whatever that was, was big. I sit down and tell her that she was right, but what the actual fuck was it? She just shrugs and she is now white as the underbelly of a fish. Which apparently is a thing now. Right. We hear it again. I ask out loud if whatever was growling could stop, please. My friend asks who I'm talking to. I tell her, well, we upset something with all of our sadness and fears and woes. Maybe this old building has had enough. She just looks at me and says, there really is something wrong with you. And we just both started laughing uncontrollably. We didn't hear the growl again. And if it did, our laughter drowned it out. The double vision eventually went away, but the name of Fierce Pirate Girl did not. I would walk around with one eye closed, one hand on the wall, and guide myself around the office. That day, I had a bat in the other hand, and she called me a fierce pirate girl. I said, how dare you? I'm a fucking woman. (laughs) (laughs) More laughter. Thank you, ladies. Keep up the great work and awesome podcasting, Amber. Well, I sure am glad that you had a friend that you can be, like, completely yourself and discuss all your fears and be supported because that's the thing when you're having those moments where you just want to be like this sucks what if I blah 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 blah, and you go through all like the worst case scenario what ifs sometimes you just have to be able to say that Mm -hmm. and not have someone that say no it's gonna be okay yeah because it may not be or it may be and it's okay for you to say those things and be able to get it out and mourn the life that you thought you were going to have while you prepare mentally for this new life. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. Also, though, how weird is it that I read your story? Again, like, I know. <laughs> what? The small wooden bat reminds me that your dad's dad, bat. Yeah, he had like a little bat like I don't know. It was a little over 12 inches. You know, <laughs> that sounds really bad. <laughs> Anyway, I wasn't going to touch that with a 12 inch dick. (laughs) But yeah, he, we called it the drunkard bat because my brother, when he would have friends over and they'd get too rowdy, my dad, who seriously could sleep through anything, him and my mom, I I don't know how they did it, but me neither. But he like would get up and like if he had that bat, like it was time to go. Hey fam, I've been listening to you for about a year now and I've been meaning to send in my own stories for Sinister Sightings, but always forget. I have quite a few stories, but I will start with the most recent weird thing that's happened to me. Don't judge my bad grammar. Yikes. My mom is full on ashamed. Send help. I've always experienced sleep paralysis for as long as I can remember, like since I was a kid. It doesn't happen that often now that I'm 34, but once every one to two months, here it comes being the attention whore it is with my last experience being about two months ago. I had just closed my eyes and felt that crushing weight begin. And I all of a sudden couldn't remember if I closed my eyes or not because I could still see my room exactly how it looked when I closed my eyes down to the snacks I had on my night table because sometimes a hobie hungry. After a few seconds, I saw an individual about five, five ish walk into my room with all black clothes on black hood, black pants, black shoes, but I couldn't see a face. It was almost like I was being blocked from seeing it. This was on a four-day weekend, two snow days, yes, then the weekend. And I live alone, so I thought of how nice, an intruder. But then I saw myself. This is definitely a dream because I'm pretty sure I closed my eyes, 
even though, again, I'm looking in my room as it was when I laid down. Well, this individual without a face, no face came over to me and put its left hand on my head with its thumb pressing into the nape of my neck and right hand on my hip and began pushing my head and my hip as if it was trying to pull my body apart. Yo, the force I felt was legit like I was going to rip in half. At this point, I was debating in my head whether this was real or not because um, the snacks... I could see the glow of my salt lamp coming from my night table as well, so just weird. Anyway, right as I swore I was going to rip in half, it stopped, stood straight up, and pulled these weird old days looking all metal scissors out of its pockets. Okay, so the way I was laying was I had my left hand under my pillow and my right hand over my ear slash cheek, palm down, and I was laying on my right side. No face, picks up my right hand, turns it palm up and begins to cut my hand right below my fingers, kind of in the middle knuckles. Y'all, I could feel my hand being cut. I was yet again thinking to myself, this cannot be real. Nah, there's no way this is a dream. Salt lamp, snacks, and all. So I hear the first pop of my knuckles being cut, then the second pop. And at the third pop, I thought, wow, I'm legit going to be murdered. I live by myself and it's the beginning of a four-day weekend and I'm an introvert, so my cats will eat my body isn't this great and I'm still poor. At the fourth pop that I can hear in my ear because my hand was still there and I could have sworn I felt blood to trickle down my neck, I fluttered my eyes and no face fluttered too and my room kept flashing from him being there to not there. At that moment, I yelled in my head, this is not real. It's not real. I got this weird sense of acknowledgement. Then no face disappeared and I woke up. I checked my hand and nothing. I legit felt it for days, like someone slash thing was still pushing its thumb into that spot. Yikes, this was super long. I have a few more stories that I will send in another time. Feel free to use my name. Bye. Well, nay to that story. (laughs) Oh my God, the the whole no face thing. No, 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 no. What kind of snacks though? <laughs> I have a salt lamp that Carrie gave me. Do you remember that gift? It was for Christmas. Yep. Two years ago? Yep. See, sucker. If you would have said, what did you give me two years ago? I wouldn't remember, but that I remember. <laughs> and the cutting on you, uh-uh. I know, like you felt it. So they say when you die in your dream, you could like really, really die. Have you heard that before? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if that was really true. I don't It's probably not. It's probably just a thing. But clearly not true for your fingers being cut off. <laughs> like you literally, like the pop, I was thinking like the pop oh. of the tendons. Oh, God. Mm-mm. All right. Last one. Hey, beautiful ladies. First, let me say I love y'all and the show gets me through my long days at work. I'm almost caught up and decided it was time to send in a couple of experiences my wife and I've had over the years. I never believed in ghosts until I came face to face with one. Sorry, Donna, had to. They're making fun of Dibbic Douche. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I didn't get it. It's okay. I know. Thanks I never explaining. believed in ghosts until I came face to face with yes, one. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Anywho, I was raised by my grandparents. And when I was 10 in 1997, my grandfather passed away. My room at the time was the center room in the house. Had to pass through it to use the bathroom and to get to my grandparents' room. Sometime after my grandfather's funeral, I remember laying in bed and my grandmother had to come through to the bathroom. She turned on the light 
and left the door cracked just enough for there to be a line of light on the wall opposite of the bathroom. I rolled over so the light wouldn't be in my face, so I was now facing the wall. I remember vividly seeing the profile of my grandfather's head as a shadow in the light on the wall. Fast forward a few years, I was staying up late watching TV or playing a game like I always did back then. The volume was down low as to not wake my grandmother, when all of a sudden I hear what sounds like a spoon being dropped into the metal kitchen sink. Mind you, my grandmother was fast asleep, and it was only the two of us in the house. I get up and make my way to the kitchen to check out the sink. Nothing there. Not a single dish or a piece of silverware to be found. Grandma made sure the kitchen was clean before bed every night. This happened a lot, and and after a while, I just stopped checking the sink, thinking it was my grandpa finishing a midnight snack, because nothing ever was in the sink. Fast forward a few more years, my then-girlfriend, now-wife, had stayed the night. I got up a little earlier than normal to head to work and left her sleeping. A little while later, she called me on her way back home and said that she had gotten up and was getting ready to leave. She stopped, propped her purse on a counter in the dining room to look for her keys before walking out. From where she was, you could see the door to the bathroom and into the room I used to sleep in and also into the room I moved to, sorry, and also into the room I moved to. There was a little sun creeping in the window of my room. As she stood there, she noticed a figure walk to the bathroom. At first, she thought it was my grandma, but the light never turned on. As she was standing there, the figure came out of the bathroom and started to walk towards where she was standing. If it was my grandma, there would have been enough light to tell, but this was a dark shadow person. My grandfather maybe was just trying to say hello. We will never know for sure, but that's what I like to think since nothing bad ever happened. I moved out in 2010 and my grandmother passed away in 2016, so my grandparents are together again. Sorry for the long email, even though y'all like the longer ones. I'll write back soon with another paranormal story from our ghost hunting adventures. Creep it real, Chris D. from SC. Chris knows the way to your heart with the... I know. Rhyming names. Rhyming names. Talked about Zach, loves paranormal, but then has a freaking wife and had to throw it in there. First sentence, you know? I mean, just had to set the record straight. Yeah. Because you know they were like, Donna's going to come for me. Uh huh. <laughs> They're like, oh, shit. Also, when I was reading that, I was picturing your grandma's house. Mine? Yeah, because of that room that, like, you had to go through to get to that lower section. Uh huh. And I don't know, like, I was just picturing that a little bit. Um, I certainly hope it was your grandfather. I'm going to go with it is. Yeah. And I wonder if your grandma ever experienced him. Oh. If she was like, no, he's here. Like, did yeah. y'all ever talk about that? Oh, that would be sweet. And that is sweet that you said they're together again. Oh, yes. And that email was not long. No, but we do like longer too. And everything. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for sending all of these awesome, awesome stories in. If you want your story read on the episode, send it into aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.